Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Down the block, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle has won. Seamless Tuesday, they dropped yesterday, and there were some very interesting decisions made by coaches leading into Magic Round, Round 10 of the NRL. It's going to be very interesting, and there's two guys that I want to touch on today. Uh, one is Kyle Flanning, and the other one is Adam Dwayhe. I think that the decisions that these two coaches have made, they are, it is incredibly interesting, especially when you consider the bigger picture of what these two have had to face um, over the last 18 months or so, I think it's a very interesting decision that both these coaches have made. I'm going to dive into them more today, but I feel a little bit sorry for both these blokes, to be perfectly honest with you. One of them I haven't been overly high on, Adam Dwayhe. I think he's put egg all over my face recently. He has been unreal. The other guy, Kyle Flanning, and I've been a big fan of him for a long time. You all know that we had him on the podcast at the end of last year after the debacle with the Roosters, and he really impressed me, the sort of bloke he was. He was not the sort of guy I was expecting. Kyle Flanagan. He was a champion fella. Not that I wasn't expecting a champion fella, but he was just, I don't know, there was just something different about him and it filled me with confidence. I wasn't overly filled with confidence on him uh, when he did leave the Roosters. I, I didn't think he was the tie fire that everyone acted like he was. I did defend him quite a bit, uh, but I don't know. He's just got something about him, Kyle Flanagan, and I think he has got a lot more to offer. I know it's really easy to bag him at the moment, but I think he has a, got a lot more to offer. Uh, these two, I think they're two of the most interesting stories to take from Teamless Tuesday. I think they're two of the most interesting storylines heading into round 10. Let's kick it off. first guy we're going to talk about is Kyle Flanning and as we said earlier we had him on the podcast end of last year and I thoroughly enjoyed his company I thought he was a champion fella really enjoyed my time that I got to spend with Kyle Flanning and having a chat with him and I was really impressed by his raw honesty he didn't really hide away from anything he's obviously a young guy that was just built up so much and this has always been my fear and you know this is a big reason why I was trying not to hype up Sam Walker too much uh, thankfully Sam Walker he's hit the ground running he's exceeded all expectations uh but, I mean, let's rewind it 12 months ago. I mean, we weren't as high on Kyle Flanagan at this point last year, but good God, we were high on him. And don't pretend like we weren't. Don't pretend like 
we weren't incredibly impressed with Kyle Flanagan 12 months ago. Until Victor Radley got injured, we were very high on Kyle Flanagan. He was doing really well. The Roosters were going well. And, you know, this is, this is what I said at the start of the season. I said, look, you know, I had people tip me that Kyle Flanagan, he's going to be the breakout player of the year. He's going to do this. He's going to do that. And, Look, walking into the shoes of Cooper Cronk, it was always going to be very difficult. We've spoken about all this before. It proved to be extremely difficult. I think the loss of Victor Radley, as I've said a few times, I think that played a critical role in the downfall of Kyle Flanagan at the Roosters. I think he became the scapegoat. Uh, It's just the reality of the team he was playing in as well. And this all builds into the pressure that was on this kid's shoulders. I mean, you know, you hear Brett Finch talk about, you know, he he went into the grand final in 03 and 04. Out of 16 halfbacks, he was he came second two years in a row and 2005 rolled around. He was under pressure. This is after Brad Fittler retires. So, I mean, there couldn't be a harder time to become, you know, a better halfback in a team after Freddie retires, after you've been to two grand finals in a row. They've got roster changes and aging system. This is just who the Roosters are. They expect to be winning premierships. They don't expect to be getting close. They expect to be winning them. Getting close, it isn't good enough. And we saw that last year, the Roosters, they made a harsh decision on Kyle Flanagan. And I think that's the first time that he's been put in a really difficult situation. I don't think it helped the way he was hyped up leading into that. Obviously, he played, you know, toyed a couple couple of years ago. I think it was 2019 had or 2018. Had an unbelievable season. Broke all the point scoring records. Went to Cronulla. Came off the pine there a couple of times. Started a few games. Looked really good then was welcomed into this rooster system and had to fill the shoes of, in my opinion, the greatest seven we've ever seen. There's better footballers to play halfback, but Cooper, I think he's the best seven we've ever seen, the best pure halfback. And that was a system built by Cooper Cronk for Kyle Flanagan to come in and do the job he did. I thought he was sensational. Uh, You know, we had all the the couch experts telling us that he can't tackle. Yes, he missed some tackles last year, but he was tackling at about 85%. The guy can tackle. It's just the reality that he is an 80-kilo halfback out there who is a goal kicker. He does a lot for his team. You're obviously going to send a lot of traffic at him. The guy was making 25 tackles a game and missing three of them, and people were telling us that he couldn't tackle. He got caught out a couple of times, but I mean... Mate, it's first grade NRL. You're a first year halfback, essentially. Yes, I know he played first grade before that. I get it, but being a being the main man is completely different to chiming in for games here and there during Origin and whatnot, which is what he did at the Sharks. And look, I, I honestly, I feel so sorry for the guy. I feel so sorry for the positions that he's been put into. He's been put into two positions in two years. The first one was filling the shoes of Cooper Cronk. Now, you would not wish that on any young halfback in this competition. That can only spell disaster, essentially. You're going from having, you know, in my opinion, the best seven. Arguably, you can tell me one of the best sevens ever. Like, definitely, I think we have to say the best organizing seven of all time, the most structured seven of all time, to then bringing in, you know, a 20, 21-year-old who's played a handful of games with big raps on him, with the last name, with everything coming into this team, that as we saw, they would eventually start to tire. They'd won two premierships in a row. No one had done it in 30 or 40 years simply because it is too exhausting to then go for the third time with this kid in charge to have Victor Radley go down. Just an incredibly difficult task. Incredibly difficult. I I felt so sorry for Kyle Flanagan last year and you know, then he was shown the door and it all it all happened all of a sudden. We all know the story. We heard it on the podcast. He sort of got sideswiped a little bit. He didn't even see it really coming. He sort of heard the rumors in the paper and whatnot. Uh, had to go to an awards night. That was awkward. It was all hell for him. He didn't really know what was doing. So, um, you know, just a really tough gig for Kyle Flanagan, a really tough gig for anyone his age. And 
I, I don't know. He seems to be one of those guys that people don't tend to have much sympathy for. And I understand he was playing for the Roosters. A lot of you don't like the Roosters and whatnot, and that's completely fine. But this kid, he is a good young kid. Yeah, he's got a lot to offer. I think he's going to have a lot to offer in the future. But the Roosters decided he is now man to win a premiership next year. And as far as insults go, my God, that has to be on the very low end of the scale, doesn't it? Um, I mean, if the Roosters say to you, hey, we don't think you can win a premiership next year in your 40th first grade game, okay, I, I, I can wear that. I understand that. Now, from Flano's point of view, obviously very tough. He said it to me in the podcast a number of times that, you know, he, he was brought there to develop over four or five years. So he would have learned a, le- a lot of lessons from that first year. He would have been so excited to rip into season 2021 right now at the Roosters, learning from a lot of mistakes, getting Victor Radley back, getting, you know, a, a number of quality guys back into that system with another preseason. Obviously last in 2020, he went into that season. He spent the whole preseason there at the Roosters, um, but he didn't really have much footy experience leading into that. All of a sudden 2021, going back into that rooster system, understanding what the expectations of a preseason, understanding the expectations of week-to-week footy, being dropped, getting back into the team, playing decent footy, playing finals footy, not playing his best in finals footy, but that's where you learn lessons. I mean, we've all seen halfbacks that haven't played their best in finals footy and all of a sudden the rug was pulled from under him and he's left without a club. He's in absolute... He's just he's just floating around for a number of weeks trying to find a club. The rumours come out about Canterbury. He ends up signing there. Um, I know that when I spoke to him, the, the, the conversation he's had with Trent Barrett, he had been incredibly impressed. He was incredibly excited about going to this club. But once again, I spoke about the two situations this kid has been in two years in a row. First time was filling Cooper Cronk's shoes. The next time is the halfback of probably the worst attacking team we've seen over the last four or five years. Yes, the Broncos were worse last year, but this Bulldogs team, they have been consistently hopeless in attack for four or five years. It has been an absolute nightmare to watch them attack. And all of a sudden, this hyped-up kid who came into the best system in rugby league, did well, not great, so was shown the door, has now worn into this system, and straight away, to his credit, and you can tell me that maybe he shouldn't have done it or whatever, but he addressed that he was the man to turn around. He took this responsibility on his shoulders because you know what? Kyle Flanagan understands what it means to be a halfback. He understands that when things are going well, for example, round one to round 13 last year for the Sydney Roosters, he took all the compliments. From then on, he took all the negative as well when the team wasn't going as well. Now, I don't think, you know, if you actually sit there and think about this entire, I mean, you can't cannot tell me that when the Roosters sat there at the end of last season, they looked at their season as an entirety, they went, you know what, this kid was the sole reason. He was the problem. He's the one that has to go. I think he was a major scapegoat. I think he took it very well. He arrived at Canterbury, and straight away, he didn't fade into the background. He said, I want to make this team great. I want to be here for a long time. I want to make a difference. It has been an absolute nightmare for him. Uh, they kicked off early. Uh, they, they were meant to get Matty Burton. They, they, they were hoping to get him. That fell through. He's had Jake Avarillo next to him for the majority of the season so far. He isn't really a genuine 5'8", let's be honest here. He's a good footballer. He's far from a 5'8", though. That was his first challenge. Uh, he also hasn't had a quality hooker. He also hasn't consistently had the same hooker there. He's had Katoa. He's had Dietz. He's had Jeremy Marshall King occasionally. Um... If I got you to write a list of the top 20 hookers that are available this weekend, I'm not sure if any of those three make it. 
Jeremy Marshall King probably scrapes in at the back end of that top 20. But, I mean, I, I look at the Melbourne Storm, and I'm sorry, I think there's three hookers in that team I would have before any of the Canterbury guys. I'm interested to see Kenny Bromwich this weekend if he does play hooker. I'll tell you what, I'll probably take Kenny Bromwich before I take any of the three hookers there as well. And that's with all due respect to these guys. But there is not much doing there. Kyle Flanning, and I think he's in another tough situation here. He's obviously come in also with a new coach, a coach that has never coached him, a coach that he's never had anything to do with, so they have to get used to each other. Meanwhile, you've got Trent Barrett, who has completely blown up all of the Canterbury systems and changed everything without a genuine six next to him. And I'm sorry, let's have a look. I mean, we've got Corey Allen, we've got Dallin Matenier, Zalesniak, we've got Nick Mendy, got all these options to play fullback. Are any of them in the top 15 fullbacks in our game? If you had to rattle off the top 15 guys you want to play fullback, are you taking any of those guys? Uh, in my opinion, no. I don't think any of them are in the top 15. I mean, once again, I look at the Melbourne Storm system. i got Ryan Pappenhausen. i got Nico Hines. i got Cameron Munster. Uh, I've got Jerome Hughes. I can name four fullbacks in there, 17. I would rather have before any of the guys that Canterbury have there. It's one of the most critical positions on the field right now. And once again... Canterbury, they just don't have that top-shelf talent. Once again, another challenge for Kyle Flanagan to be able to overcome. He doesn't have a top-shelf hooker. He doesn't have a top-shelf fullback. He doesn't have a top-shelf 5'8". He's got a guy that's trying to work out on the run how to play 5'8". He's probably got a center or a fullback playing 5'8", Jake Avarillo. In fact, he's probably got the best fullback in his team playing 5'8 next to him, getting the ball way too early, way too close to the line. He doesn't really know where he's at or what's doing. It is... It's absolute chaos for this guy. And then we saw them get their first win the other day. Um, and there was great scenes. There was a scene between Kyle Flanagan and Trent Barrett. And you can't fake that sort of emotion. You, you can't stage that sort of stuff. They do have a special bond. I have no doubt about it. And to see him drop this week, um, good God, it's a hard pill to swallow for me. It really is. I don't honestly think he is the biggest problem in this team. He can improve, yes. Uh, but I'll tell you what I did love. And I, this is what I've always loved about Flano. And from the moment I started talking to him on the podcast, this is what I love straight away. It's his passion. And he wears his heart on his sleeve. He really does. And you could see, if you haven't seen it yet, go find it. There's an interview that he does yesterday. He did it with the Canterbury Bulldogs. And I don't know why on earth Trent Barrett and the Bulldogs put him out to do media the day that they were going to drop him. That has blown me away. But... I'll, I'll let that go. Maybe there's more to it. I don't know. But it seems like poor management from me. They just hung him out to dry there. I was talking to a mate about it this afternoon. Very strange circumstances there. But see the emotion in Kyle Flanagan. He was asked about if he's, like the, the advice that his father had given him. And it just broke him. He knew that he wasn't going to be named in the 17 that, that afternoon. He knew that he'd come here and he'd put it on his shoulders. And he'd said, I want to be the main man here. I want to make a difference in Canterbury. And I reckon the last 18 months caught up to him in that moment. All the pressure that's been on him, all the expectation. I mean, I sat there at the start, the end of 2019, with everyone telling me, so many of these experts that I've that are constantly messaging me, saying how good he's going to be, the Roosters aren't going to miss a beat, he's fantastic. 12 months later, same bloke, same footballer, he's shit, he can't tackle, he shouldn't be at the Roosters, they should let him go. I mean, please. He is so young, he has got so much more to offer, it's not even funny, and... You know what? I hope Trent Barrett 
is doing this just to get the very best out of him. And I have no doubt we will see Kyle Flanagan bounce back. It might be next year. I don't know. But he's got so much more to offer than what he's shown so far. He's a kid that I really like. And I really hope that these new signings that are going to arrive over the next 12 months or so, I really hope they can make a difference because I think this kid... He's still got a lot more to offer. As I said, he's been in two really tough situations and I do feel sorry for him. I think that this would break a lot of guys. I think last year would have broken a lot of guys, to be perfectly honest with you. I think then coming into this season with so much hope, so much excitement and it just falling completely flat at Canterbury, I think it would put a lot of pressure on this guy. And I mean, Trent Barrett, you know, obviously he would be expecting a lot out of his halfback. As a former 5'8 himself, former halfback 5'8, he would be expecting a lot out of Kyle Flanning. And, and yes, he understands he's young, but he needs results and he needs them now. It's a very tough situation. I do feel very sorry for Kyle. I spoke to him late last night very briefly. Seems to be in good spirits, all things considered. And I really do think he's going to come back and bounce back and be better for this. I don't know if it'll be this year. I don't think Canterbury's got all that much improvement in them, to be perfectly honest with you. But I think in the future, Kyle Flanagan, he still has got plenty to offer. Bag him all you want, get stuck into him, do your normal shit that you do. That's completely fine. This is a young guy who has been in too many pressure situations at such a young age. It simply hasn't been fair. It's actually amazing how unlucky this guy has been going to the Roosters when Cooper Cronk retires. They finish fourth. They finished fourth, not 14th. They finished fourth, and he's shown the door straight away. He then gets sent to Canterbury, uh, and it hasn't gone to plan. I think he has been unlucky. They're in the middle of a rebuild. They've got all this money invested in next year, essentially. All these guys will be arriving. I think it's going to be a really exciting time at Canterbury, and I'm hoping... And I do believe that Kyle Flanagan, he's going to play a critical role in this team moving forward. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Now, let me kick off this part of the podcast about Adam Dwayne by saying up front, uh, you've all heard me talk about him before. Personally, I don't think he's ever been a 5'8". I don't think he should be a 5'8". I don't think in a lot of other teams he would be a 5'8". I just think in this dysfunctional West Tigers system, he is the best potential footballer there. He's the only guy that they can fit in there. And I think that in many other systems, he wouldn't be a 5'8". Now, I've said that a number of times. And the other thing I've always said is that I see him as a center. I think he would be a strike center in a number of teams. He's a strong body. He's got handy ball skills. He sort of fits into that kind of Matty Burton style you're seeing over at the Penrith Panthers at the moment. But I think he'd be a little bit better, to be honest with you. I think he's got a lot to offer as a center. I wouldn't have had him as a 5'8". Now, to my shock, yesterday I saw a tweet during the day saying that Adam Dwyer, he was moved to center, and I almost fell off my chair. I thought, oh, my God, you are joking. And as I've said for a long time, I have always thought he's a center, not a 5'8". Now, you're probably expecting me to give a, I told you so, oh, look who's named at center. I've been saying this all along. Mate, I'm going to tell you the exact opposite. 
I cannot believe how well Adam Dwyer has been playing for the last few months. To me, he is the one glimmering hope in this team outside of a guy named Dane Laurie. I think these two have been unreal. Adam Dwyer, since he's come in, he's been unbelievable. Do I think he's a 5'8 moving forward? To be honest with you, I'm not completely sure. If he stays in this team, I think he definitely is. I think he is the one guy that can put points on the board for them at 5'8". I think he's been sensational for them. I think he's combo down the right edge with his outside men has been unreal, especially with David Nofaluma. I've been very happy to see that. And look, he's going to be playing right side off the top of my head. But the thing that worries me is that they've moved him in for Moses and Bai, and I just don't get this. And this is the guy that I've been talking about all season as the biggest problem at the West Tigers. He's a quality player. He's a quality leader. Don't get me wrong. But this guy doesn't have a position, and he's on more money than any of them. So they need to find a spot for him somewhere, and I think he just keeps on getting in the way wherever he goes. They need to cut ties with this contract. It is literally stifling other guys in this football team because they are trying to find a spot for Moses and Bai. I honestly, I'm sorry, I don't have any idea how on earth you could look at Moses and Bai and look at Adam Dwayne based off what Adam Dwayne's done in the last few weeks and go, yep, Moses and Bai, that's our 5'8". I'm the guy that's been saying for a long time, I don't think Dwayne he is a 5'8". I think he's a centre. They've moved him to centre, and I'm the one standing here saying, why on earth would you do that? In this team, he needs to be at 5'8". I just can't see Moses and by producing for them. And the one thing that I will say that I wouldn't be shocked to see if it does happen is I wouldn't be shocked to see a late change on the day. It wouldn't surprise me in the slightest if you see Moses and Bai potentially go to the go go back to the bench because there is a guy on their bench that they've named for his debut who I think is going to be a real star. He's a guy that I've watched a little bit in New South Wales Cup. I've been very impressed with him. He's got good vision. His name's Jock Madden. Now, this is a guy who hasn't played first grade yet. This will be his first grade debut. I think he'll be very popular over the next few years. He's a guy that I'm sure will do well. I'm sure that someone else will sign him. The West Tigers will throw their arms up in the air going, why do they all leave us? It'll be the same routine. I'm very confident of it. But cannot, unless they are doing that, unless this is a way to try and cover Jock Madden to keep the attention off him this week, this has blown me away. Absolutely blown me away. And I'll tell you what, if I'm Adam Dwayne and I've been moved to centre for a kid to come in and make his debut when I've been the one shining hope in this team for a long time, I would be filthy. I would be absolutely filthy. I cannot believe Michael Maguire has watched this team the last few weeks and this is the guy he's decided to change. It has really blown me away. And look, once again with the West Tigers, I hope I'm proven wrong. I hope they come out and they put out a 10-star performance and absolutely give it to the Knights because once again, their fans, their loyal fans, they deserve it. But I do not understand this one. It makes it just makes no sense to me. Number one, I hope I'm right about Jock Madden. I hope that he does end up starting because if I'm Adam Dwayne and I've been shifted for Mozambique, I would be absolutely filthy. As I've said, I haven't been a huge Dwayne fan. He has impressed me so much over the last few weeks. Do I think he'd be a 5'8 in most other teams? Probably not. I think he would be a centre. But in this team right now, I can't believe he's not the 6 this week. It has absolutely blown me away. He is a guy that, you know, I was even considering bringing into my Supercoach Classic side. That's how well I thought he was going. He was going to be one of my little pods at 5'8. I know a number of other people already have, so it's not like I'm reinventing the wheel there, but... Mate, that's how highly I thought he was playing at the moment. He is just doing sensational stuff. And for him to be moved, it just makes no sense. It just makes no sense. I honestly read that tweet earlier yesterday and thought, oh, nah, that can't be right. 
That makes no sense. Surely that cannot be happening. I was shocked when I opened up team list. Could not believe it. Hopefully we see Jock Madden come in and start at six. Uh, but knowing the West Tigers, I can't say I'm confident they're going to make that decision. It's going to be a very interesting watch. As critical as I have been about Adam Dwyer, I am. I feel very, very sorry for him at the moment. I think he deserves a lot better. And I'll be shocked if he's not back in the six within a couple of weeks, to be honest with you. I think he offers far too much for them. I think he offers far too much spark for them. I think his kicking game has been unreal as well. Jeez, he can hit an awkward little sort of reverse spiral torpedo. They are just hard to handle, those things. I think he brings them a lot of X factor, and I think they're going to seriously miss him at 5'8". This one has really bowled me over from Michael Maguire. I'm not quite sure what the thinking is here. I understand Jacob Little at nine. Uh, I understand that move, but... I just don't get the rest of it. Interesting, Sean Bloor's on their bench as well. He's a guy that I've got really high hopes for. I think he's going to have a really good season. I think you'll see him starting on the right edge sooner rather than later. Um, so that right side, it could be really dangerous. You could have Bloor, Dwayne, then Nofaluma. That could be really lethal out there. Uh, and they could sort of play to that structure, obviously getting to the left post, swinging it down the right. But they'd want to hope that Moses Mbai or Jock Madden is the real deal. Um, yeah, if I'm Adam Dwayne, I'm filthy. I've been shafted for Moses Mbai. It really does blow me away. I cannot believe this is where Michael Maguire is going. But... Fingers crossed he proves me wrong completely and I'm sitting behind the mic next week saying what a genius move. But I must say right now, I am extremely worried and I feel extremely worried for Adam Dwayne. Keep an eye on the podcast this afternoon. Got a really special interview dropping. I was invited on a podcast the other day, the Rugby League Lounge. Had a sensational time on it. Uh, had a great chat with a champion fella. We talk about the positions in Rugby League. We go position by position, talk about the different changes and whatnot over time. It's a really interesting chat, some stuff that I'm really passionate about. I'll drop it this afternoon, so stay tuned for that one. It's going to be an absolute cracker. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 